On today's show, we're going to talk about Stephanie Suarez's season-ending injury, Cameron Brink's seven-block performance versus UCLA on Friday, and plenty more. Locked Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Welcome. You are welcome to basketball. My name is Hunter Cruz. I'm a Saturday host covering the NBA draft and college basketball at large. Thanks for making Logan Woods Basketball your first listen every day. And remember, Logan Woods Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quality candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. I'm joined by my co-host Joshua Welch. Joshua is a Woods Basketball content creator. He founded ENFP underscore hoops on Twitter. So we're going to open up today's episode with Stephanie Suarez's injury. Um, we like to, we like to touch on the good, but it's also the bad. And Stephanie Suarez suffered a season-ending torn ACL that will keep her out all of the season. She will likely return next season, and she will likely not be back until um, end of uh, non-con play, start of conference play in like December, January, around there. Um, so what do you think that implications has on like Iowa State and then also uh, her prospect? Yeah, first off, like the, the injury just sucks. And it just seems like there's been more prominent injuries this season than any other. Like they just seem to be piling on. And I, I don't know what's going on behind that, but just sticking with Suarez, um, she was like a, a fringe prospect. Like I think she would have been a, a sneaky good pickup in the second round by a team if she had stayed healthy this season, since this is like her first season being in division one play, I, I, she really impressed me. I, I wasn't knowing the, what people were talking about before the season, but she really grew on me uh, as the season progressed. So but she was definitely someone it, yeah, that may have ended up even ahead of Kitley or, or something as like my, my third best center in the draft um, potentially by the end of the season. So it really stinks. And also for Iowa state, uh, it was really opening up their game. Like unlike last season, they had a front court game and now it's, it's, it's going to be go, going back to like jump shot city and everything where I don't think they can be an actual contender and everything. What, what are your thoughts? So I've kind of held off on talking about Suarez just because her sample size is so small. And unlike most other prospects, they'll have like three to four years of sample size before they're like a, it's, it's their draft eligible season. So in Suarez's case, She's been a good three-point shooter at her size, which is like extremely interesting Like as a prospect to have that stretch ability that can stretch a defense out and also provide some stuff inside. So I wanted to kind of wait to see how much that shooting was actually real and see if there was like some substantial volume from three. So that's kind of tough for her um, just because she doesn't have a lot, large sample size at the Division One level. So like we've touched on it like off, um, off the record, but – we don't really think she's going to be a prospect. Like this was like her one chance to be a prospect, like a draft, a draftable prospect. Yes. Given her age, her lack of division one experience. I mean, we've touched on it before where she just like some of the stuff she, some of the stuff she does, like she's, she's translated well, but when it comes to like scaling her game up, it's going to be a big adjustment for her. And then also it's combined with that injury. If she returns to college next season, 
Um, I think she will draw interest overseas, and that's like her best bet of I'm finding a role. And she still might get drafted, but I think she'd be one of those players like, yeah, well, she can't technically just be kept on the back burner and, and everything and, unless she just commits to going overseas and tells them. I don't, I don't know how that would work, but I don't think she sticks on a roster unless there's changes to the WNBA roster structure where she can be on the practice team or whatever. But I, I agree. I, I think at least – maybe even just one season overseas and she shows flashes of what she did in the big 12 so far this season. Like the, there's definitely something there. I, I think she definitely could be a player in the WNBA, but there's just not enough to have a, a full read. So. So like last season we saw it with Naira Sabley where she uh, set out to recover from her injury, but it's a lot different of a case considering that was a first round pick. And there's in like in the WNBA, there's a there's like a massive difference between a second and third round pick. So likely, if she was a second round pick this season, she would have had a much better chance to be on a roster. I think teams, when they look at third round picks, it's more of like competition and training camp mm-hmm. than taking like a risk. So if she went this year, she'd be a third round pick and she'd be out for a season. Like there's no, she would she would have the there's no there's no there's no reason for a team to actually take her if she's not going to be able to like. There's the no benefit. The closest thing I can think of from last year's draft um, was another international case, uh, Zika Kone. Uh, and but she like, had the youth, I think. She had the youth. That's another thing. And, man, if she didn't get injured, like, I was seeing her sometimes, like, late first round or, like, just with how she was dominating with tenured players. Like, I'm still really excited for her. But, yeah, I agree, like, she still had more film against top-tier players. Morris has not been exactly going against the league competition um, these last few years. So, yeah, we need something more for her to stick on a, a roster yet. So I was talking to you about before we started recording, she just screams somebody that will, let's say she returns to college next season, she'll have like 15, 20 games of sample size. Mm-hmm. Then she'll get a spot overseas in like the following um the following winter, so I think she'll get a spot overseas, most certainly just given her uh, Big 12 pedigree. So I think she'll get a spot overseas, and she can certainly prove herself because we've seen it before with um, Rebecca Gardner. There's, there's a lot of different players that can find themselves like on a training camp spot, and that's all it takes to have another opportunity at the league. So I think I think, I think, think she'll certainly have another opportunity to make it. I think this is like, okay, she's like, this is the end of her pro career. She's going to certainly have an opportunity to um, get – to the point where she's playing professional basketball at a high level. And that's, and that's great for her ultimately. And and I'm not counting out her being on a WNBA training camp next season either. She would just have oh, yeah. to fill it off the gate. Like she would just have to be ready. And I just, I don't know if that happens. So yeah, we'll just have to see. So I, kn- I know you want to talk about our, the latest trade with between the Atlanta dream and the Indiana fever. Um, it was a, like a one-for-one one swap between Christy Wallace and Danielle Robinson. Uh, Christy Wallace going to Indiana, Danielle Robinson coming to Atlanta. What do you think about that trade and if it has any like ripple effects going forward? In the so season? I'm just going to make a, a bold prediction. Then it, it there's probably other factors than what I'm saying and making it so black and white. But uh, I think Robinson's a, a good backup point guard. I think if the Dream do not make a trade before free agency, it's going to be a similar season to last season. We use our all our draft picks, 
build up uh, our foundation a little more and then try to contend next season. If we make a trade for someone like Alicia or uh, something more out there like Skylar Diggins-Smith, then I then we can start attracting free agents and we use those uh, picks, obviously, to get someone like uh, Alicia to come and then uh, do whatever it takes to get a contender. And I think Aerie automatically gets traded if we're trying to contend. I think she has a potential future. But at that point, if you make that big of a trade, Cheyenne Parker only has one season. You're trying to attract free agents to come to your squad. Uh, another move would have to be made. So it's going to be really, really interesting. And that, I'm happy that we're getting this trade discussion so early on. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun having a trade just before we even reach the end of mid-January. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting a lot more dominoes. What about you? So, uh, yeah, it was like the first like earliest trade since like 2012 or something like yeah, that. I so saw that. an extremely early trade. I think it it's not like a final thing because the Atlanta dream have had struggles like with last season, mm-hmm. their assist to turnover ratio was one of the worst in the league. Uh, not a lot of shooting in the backcourt either with uh, a Wheeler McDonald. McDonald took some strides, but she's certainly not like one of like the better shooters at the guard position in the league. Um, and neither, I think, are, like, lead guards, like, like, traditional lead guards in the sense that they can just, like, if you're looking at, like, Vandersloot or Chelsea Gray, these, like, these championship-level guards that mm-hmm. can set up, like, complementary players in the wing, like Ryan Howard, because she's not a point guard. And so, like, well, like you said with Alicia Gray, um, I think every team should be looking to sign her, maybe besides, like, Las Vegas and teams like that but i think i heard fans be- wanting to bring her on even and like <laughs> move like one of their core players from last season i don't agree with that you win a championship you keep the core oh, yeah. that you have right now that, that's playing with fire so yeah yeah I, I don't think they would do that that's just fans saying stuff but yeah i think i think every team should be going after her just she does so much yeah. on the court um and she can certainly raise a team's ceiling we saw it last season with dallas um she really helped them take it to the next level as like their best player so, yeah, it, it's interesting. And her requesting a trade, I guess she, she kind of requested a trade. Um, it's it's interesting. Just really quick question. Do you think Atlanta will use one of its first-round picks to make a trade this season, or are we using them and waiting for next season to be a contender? Hmm. I mean, the eighth pick, I think, could be – I think I think they'll keep the third pick. I don't think that, that pick will get uh, moved at all. Okay, I'm, I'm hoping I don't get too much credit for this, but I'm just going to say it. I I am more concerned with the eighth pick if we're a contending team. This is only if we're a contending team. But I'm more willing to do the third pick because it, it has more value to the teams, and there's someone I specifically want at eighth and has moved to a first-rounder. The Dream desperately need like center depth. And, uh, yeah, I'll be talking about our next segment, but – um, if we become a contending team, I, I would want to use that eighth pick to, to build up some depth. What's your definition of a contending team? Like, what, what is your definition? Like, how, like you say contending team. What is what would that mean? A contending team is having like a, a starting lineup that can compete with any team night in and night out, and then having some competent bench players. Again, I talked about Vegas, how they drove me nuts that they didn't really have that. But to me, like, it, it's something like Chicago where, like, it's just as tiring to deal with the the players coming off the bench as it was the starters. Like it's it's not like a, a break. And I think Atlanta can can seriously make some noise with that with the draft picks we have with 
players like Nas Hillman that are already there. Um, yeah, again, it's really early on. It, it's with like how bare bones rosters are right now. But if you make a trade for someone like Alicia, uh, you're going to draw some free agents you wouldn't get otherwise to start building up that roster and just really shaping yourself up to to be a contender in this league. Do you agree with that definition or would you add something else to? I, I just I just don't think the team's a top four seed this season. That's what I would describe as a contending team where they're going to be like hosting a playoff series. And it would take a lot. Of, let me say when I say contending as well, I would bank on a lot of things happening. Like if Alicia comes to us, maybe we're able to get someone like Azaray Stevens to come over to us. Um, maybe even like they talk together, her and Vandersloot, and they're like, hey, something really good is going on here. They got Alicia Gray. They got Ryan Howard. They got Cheyenne Parker. Let's come over here and try to get them their first title. Like it would take something like that to make them a contender. So I'm, I'm not saying that one piece alone would, but it may trigger other moves that do make us one of those teams. Yeah. Just from a team building standpoint, I don't think it's smart to like speed up your rebuild. Cause you have some, some good stuff. Oh going yeah. There. I'm definitely being a selfish fan. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I know yeah, I, 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 I might be I taking don't. a big risk. But... Unless you can get like, Candace Parker, Brianna Stewart. I don't think you should actually try to be a contender. I don't think there's oh, enough yeah. there. I think I think yeah, you're, you're oh, I, kind oh of, I know that I'm playing with fire. I, I know it, but I, I can't I think help you're, it. <laughs> you're taking I think you're taking too much risk with a thing could blow up in your face where you have, yeah. st- you, have you have you have you have stuff going this good. That's why I'm think, not a GM. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So coming on show, we'll, we'll talk about Cameron Brink's seven block showing against UCLA on Friday Ooh. and plenty more. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know the success in 2023. All depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why the checkout LinkedIn jobs. That with LinkedIn jobs, you can hire quality candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract quality candidates to your job with open target tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your jobs, post company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small business owners rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quality candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. And we're back. I'm your host, Hunter Cruz, and I'm joined by Joshua Welch on the Saturday afternoon. So let's talk about Cameron Brink. Um, we've talked about her many times. She, um, The 6 4 big had a near triple-double yesterday, recording 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 blocks, most of Six which— Six of those in the fourth quarter. Six. And, mo- and against um, our dear Charisma Osborne. It's, it was tough. It was tough, it was tough for her. Um so, uh, so what would you think? Brink. Of, yeah, yeah. Let's start with Brink. Let's start with if, Brink. What do you think? Listening, if you're listening, Cameron, please don't come back for another year. Like how she took over the game in the fourth quarter. Like I, I, I've seen very few performances like that. It, playing against such a high caliber team and just being able to dominate like that. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else that she needs to prove. I, I, I understand. Uh, she's had issues with foul trouble that's kept her out as many minutes as she had want to play, but that's something that can be worked on over time. I don't know 
what else there is to gain in going to college and like playing some marquee games against players that decently match up to you. But yeah, I just don't see how much more she could grow doing a, another season in college. And I, I think it would be great for this draft. Like it potentially makes four centers getting drafted in the first round. Like center is a position of need this season as well for multiple teams for both starting and teams that need depth. So yeah, like she instantly becomes a lottery pick with the Minnesota Lynx. Like, yeah, it, it would just bolster up this draft class even more and, and be a lot of fun. What about you? Do you think there's any benefit for Brink coming back a, another season? Besides, obviously, like the NIL money. I, I understand that. But, yeah, <laughs> what about you? That, that's actually, like, a really interesting thought exercise because there's so many players, like, on the men's side they're able to enter early and that gives them a lot of benefits to like being in a pro system to where like, I think Caitlin Clark's another scenario where at Iowa, her offensive role, like the, it's, a, it's a heliocentric offense. Her, the entire Iowa offense is built around her, which I don't really think helps her development long-term just because mm-hmm. she can't really develop in like her off ball abilities and passing either. It's just like, okay, I'm going to give you the ball and let you like make stuff happen, which I mean, I don't think it's the best thing for her long-term. And I think that's similar with Cameron Brink, where her staying around, like you stay with the foul trouble. I think the the best thing that's going to help her with that is being with like Regularly playing against these people in practice and yeah. in games. Sorry for interrupting. You're probably saying the same yeah, that, that's thing. Like, but... Yeah, that's like the main thing with the rim protector. And we've seen that. Um, I'm watching a lot of Ezzy Madbogor film right now just because I'm working on a project yeah. on her. And with her, she's had some foul trouble. I think there's some similarities in their games. And she's had a lot of foul trouble. But it's starting to improve. And I think the only, the way it's been able to improve is she's gotten the league at like 19 years old. So the foul trouble was kind of expected. I mean, she they allowed her to make mistakes. Yeah. And that's the benefit of going to the league as early as possible, which is not not the case for every player. Not every player can leave after three years just mm-hmm. from graduating early. So if in Brink's case, if she can't enter early and she feels comfortable doing it, I know she talked about it before where she wants to stay four years. But I think there's some real consideration there. I'm not saying she will. Um, no reporting here. I just think that it's it's something to consider, I think, for her as yeah. well. So we can move on to Charisma Osborne. Um, it was a rough, a rough evening for her against Stanford in their 72 to 59 loss. She had she had 12.7 rebounds, two assists and three steals, but four of 18 from the field and two of six from three. We've seen her efficiency from three drop to like under 30%. Because at, at one point it was like thirty five percent, but it's continued to tumble. Um, there's definitely I'll be some ready stuff. to battle for her for a second, but go ahead and, and continue on uh, with your points really quick. I was I was gonna say there's definitely some like, adjusting from that injury she had, um, just getting more re, um, just getting acclimated back into that. So what if you think about? I know you um, had an interesting takeoff air about her returning. What do you think about that? So it it would be different than. Hunter's thing on stat wise, like, I don't know. I, the game against Oregon before she got injured, she was playing her best ball of the season. Like, I, I think it's just going to take a little getting in the rhythm. If like the shooting slump goes long term, then yes, I'll be more concerned, but I don't think it happens. And just how she's able to contribute in other ways in her passing game and her defensive game, I, I yeah, I, I still see her as an easy top seven pick. Like, She's just still there. The reason why she would want to come back is I, I've just seen her talk so much about uh, wanting to make UCLA a title contender. 
those freshmen are going to take another step next season. Uh, who knows what happens in the transfer portal. I think she might come back for another season just for her love of the Westwood area and wanting to make UCLA a like a prominent Final Four contender. That's the only reason she would come back to me. If she gets back to the level like she did against that in that Oregon game, then yeah, <laughs> if she wants to be a, a first round pick this season, then it's her. She'll she'll have it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it's similar to what we're what we're talking about with Brink. What is she actually benefiting from returning um, in terms of like her skill level? Probably not a lot, considering she's kind of dealt with the similar like three-point efficiency struggles throughout her college career. So I don't think it's like magically going to improve as like a fifth-year senior. There would, I, don't I know, just don't think like, – oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I just don't think her returning makes her a better prospect. And if that's the discussion, I mean, yeah, it'll make UCLA better, and she could win a lot of games. If that's what she wants, that's um, that's – Perfectly fine. I just don't think from a draft standpoint, um, she will be like improving her stock by returning. Maybe like a, a couple picks up. Like, I don't know. I, I think unlike Brink, I think there's things that could improve. Like her being able to have teammates that she's able to to feed, unlike her junior season, because that was really rough. Like with the injuries they had, her getting a another season to be in rhythm and be with like a, a talented core. I, I could see it boosting her up even more a little like Cameron Brink. She's already a lottery pick there. There's nowhere else to go. Osborne's like on the outside, like probably like between like sixth and 10th pick right now. So there's like a little bit of room to improve. I agree with you. If she's wanting to have a WNBA career and it's not going to hold her back going another season, like there's not going to be a huge difference from this season and next season. It's just going to be a couple spots if anything. So. And it's yep. not like Suarez where her returning like makes her not a prospect anymore. Exactly. Exactly. She'll still be a prospect. I just think it like um it delays her like when she starts like making an impact in the WBA, because we'll see with rookies, not many will end up getting a lot of minutes between that, like unless it's in, unless Indiana's picking you. Um you're not gonna get like a bunch of opportunities. So as soon as you get in the league, that like I guess that progresses um and really quick on Indiana, that they are not going to be like last season. Like, they are trying to make some moves. They cleared that Robinson contract for a reason. Uh, it did happen the day after Alicia Gray asked for a trade. So I think they're trying to throw their hat in the ring and see if they can get her a little interested. Um, I think they're going to be a team next season that Atlanta was last season, where they're fringe playoff team slash lottery team instead of just being terrible. I, I no longer consider them just a flat out lottery team anymore with making this trade. Like it's showing me they mean uh, business and they want to try to make some interesting moves. So I'm very curious uh, about them. So after the break, we'll um, touch on Tayana Jackson from Kansas and we'll also wrap up with some prospect trivia. Um, So stay tuned, (laughs) stay tuned after the break for that. And we're back. So I'll send it to you first to, because it, it's a weekly segment at this point, talking about one of your favorite prospects in this class. It is. <laughs> so, yeah, like, the last time I did a draft board, like, it was before she, uh, Tayana Jackson, played some more prominent, uh, uh, like, prominent opponents. And, yeah, I, there's no excuse not to make her a first-rounder anymore to me. Like, she's still shooting 65-plus percent from the field. Uh, and, yeah, like, just going the last two games against Texas and Baylor – she had a combined 27 points, 20 rebounds, 
nine blocks and five steals, like high impact player doing this in a, a power five conference. Uh, I'm starting to get concerned that she doesn't make it to eight with Atlanta with other teams potentially wanting to add center depth. Like she's just doing that well to me. Uh, yeah, the, the film is just incredible and just her placement and timing and just the amount she put into improving her offense over the offseason from free throw shooting um, to in the paint scoring that there's just so much there to, to like as a prospect. I'm just really excited to see what happens the rest of the season and where she'll end up uh, once the draft comes in April. Are you as hyped as I am or do you think I, I am running the wheels too much? I wouldn't say I'm as um as like hyped as you are cuz every time we we go to um outline an episode like I got to talk about I got to talk about Jackson, I got to talk about Jackson. So, I wouldn't say in that I wouldn't say in that standpoint I'm as high as you cuz she's not even being the, talked about enough other places. So, I I want her talked yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even on even on your even on your space last night you talked you brought her up as well. So, Yes. Um <laughs> You are just you, you. It's just like the um Azari Stevens. You are just like um pushing into existence. Just the mentioning yes. of it every time. So and really I'm quick, gonna do before your trivia. That like just one yeah. quick player I want to bring up, and I brought her up in our in our chat. But Harbison of Vanderbilt, uh, really, I'll just be kind and said that they're struggling a bit as a team, but she's been incredible. At, like just looking at her LSU and NC State tape that I, I watched those games. Like she was really good, scored 25-plus points, to, like, and everyone knew she was going to be getting a, getting the ball because not a like there's not a lot of players that can score on that team, unfortunately. So just what she's been able to do this season, uh, she might be uh, someone that's competing for a roster spot. Like right now I have her as a third-rounder, but she's someone going into the season I wasn't looking at at all, and she's definitely come on my radar. So I'm going to um, turn it to some prospect trivia. Yes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to throw up a shot chart from College Basketball Analytics, um, and I'll show the first player just to um, get an idea. So okay. red, in this case, is good. Blue is bad. The smaller they are is, like, the less attempts they take. So it's, like, in terms of field goal percentage. Okay. So, like, red, big red is, like, a, a good amount of attempts and also, like, really good field goal percentage. And then... Blue, small, not a lot of field goal attempts, bad production. So this first player, I will say this first player is projected somewhere in the first round. And, yeah, that's that's, that's my hint for you. If you don't get it, I'll give another hint after that and see. If... I'm probably going to be wrong, but Alea Boston it takes three-point attempts. I'm seeing, like, a, a ton of pain action here. Actually, too much in the far mid-range. And you said the dark blue is a lot of attempts. So never mind. I, I don't think it's her because there's a lot of attempts from three-point, um, but not a lot falling. Uh, you're seeing a potential first-round pick. I'm saying it's one of your potential first-round picks, and I'm going to go Emmy here because I, I know she hasn't had much of an outside game. She takes attempts. No, but she hasn't been <laughs> in the paint. See, I told you I would do bad. You know what? I'm going Jordan Horston. This is Haley Jones. This is Haley Jones. Okay. She's shooting like under 15% from three. That's what you see there. A lot of. Okay. That makes sense. Not a lot of. She's got that one red spot um, from three. Uh, proficient at the rim. And that's kind of what they are with their Princeton offense. A lot of uh, rim and three. So I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it to this next player. 
similar case, but um, not a lot of corner three-point attempts. Like, no. yeah, very few three-point attempts. Not a lot of mid-range attempts either. That's some hint on their offense. Um, this player is like probably like a second-round prospect. I, 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 I haven't seen many of in the first round, but she's between like late first to early second to mid-second. It, it it's wide open, you know, like after the, after like the top players, like top seven to eight, it's wide open. Um, proficient at the rim. Um, really good at really good shooter at the top of the key. So this is this is this is one of the this is one of the harder ones, I think. Gosh. My gut instinct I don't think is right. I, I was thinking Celeste, but I don't I don't think I'm right. So yeah, if you make if you make a um a guess, I'll give you another hint after that. I'll give you like a conference. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll go Celeste Taylor. This player, no, it's not Celeste. No, Taylor, no, because she's done better at three. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, this player is in the big, the Big Twelve. She's in the Big Twelve. Okay. Oh, Shaylee yeah. Gonzalez. No. One more. You want one more guess? Yeah, you can go ahead. Uh, Maddie it's Williams. Mad- you know what? Matt- it's, yeah, okay. it's Maddie. It's Maddie Williams. Last yeah. Second. <laughs> yeah, it's Maddie Williams. Um, yeah, she's been really good at the rim this season, which is um, a good development for her game at Oklahoma. So I'll send it to this last one. This player. <laughs> this is okay. This is a weird shot chart. I've seen yes, this player. There's some people that like this player in the first round, others in the second round, others in the third round. That's a good hint. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Anywhere. And the weird thing about this shot chart is there's not a lot of mid-range attempts. There's some like at the, at, like the free throw area um, and around there. But on, on the right wing, it's in the right corner, is all red, um, proficient shooter. On the left, it's big blue. They're, take, they're taking a lot of attempts um, and not the greatest percentages. At the rim, there's some red, but there's also some blue. It's kind of shaky. Um, do you have any idea here? I have a, a player I'm thinking, but I haven't heard any first-round buzz on them, so that's throwing me off. But I'm, I'm going to take my guess anyway and go Taylor Mike Sell. No. This this, okay. this player is um, – it, it, I won't give you the exact conference, but they play in the South. Which is kind so of like SEC or ACC. Yeah. Have I guessed them already? I I I, I want no, to hear No, no. I have it's, not it's, guessed them. You have not guessed them. You've guessed one of their teammates, though. If that's any hint, which probably got you get thinking a lot now that I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> but yeah, you've guessed uh, like first, second, or third, and then the team I guessed, and someone coming off. Um, let's go Zaya Cook. It's it is Zaya Cook. Whew, okay. <laughs> yeah, Zaya Cook. I've touched on it before, but her shot chart. That is really interesting. Like I, I don't know if I've seen something like this where there's such a big difference from right and left. Yeah, just like just just let her shoot on the left. I I, I wonder if like I hope I hope coaches like are aware of this. <laughs> That's because wild. whenever, because whenever I remember when I spoke to JC Sheldon before the season, I showed her her shot chart and her like heat map, and she was like, "Oh, I've never seen this before." So I hope that's just like an Ohio State case, and then not like an SEC opponent's case. I, ho- I hope they're aware of that, and they're not. Um, they're just like shading Zaya Cook to the right, you know, you just mean like to the left. 
Like, oh, you mean like shading? That's where she's yeah, going yeah. to make it, but we can keep her open on the left. Okay. Got yeah, it. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So hmm. that's really interesting. I wonder if that holds true. If teams are following this, if, if this trend will keep coming, like what? What do you think are factors and there being a, a difference between the the right and left? I think I think it's just like an outlier shooting. Like Zaya Cook is an extremely interesting prospect. Because one night she'll have like like we saw she'll she'll have like thirty two points, and then the next night she might have like eight one like eighteen attempts. And it's, I will say she has done better over the past couple yeah. games. If she can keep the train going, then yeah, there's a, a lot of potential. I'm just wondering, especially games against uh, Tennessee, LSU, what what's going to happen in those contests, and if. Um, 20 the 20 plus point scoring is going to continue so so thanks for making locked women's basketball your first listen today now make your second listen game to game nba every moment every top performance every result on game to game covers every game across the nba with local analysis that only locked on can provide follow game to game on locked one nba available in the odyssey app youtube wherever you get your podcast 